0: Can you guys hear me? Sorry, hold on.
1: 32 super fans. I, I couldn't understand a word that was said. Every angle of the NFL covered. You fired up for that,
0: man? Huh? This. we don't go time. We, we still on go. Hold oh on,
1: hold on, hold on. The name of the hurricane is Hurricane. This is Next Fan Up. We're live, bro.
0: <laughs> Greetings and salutations. Welcome to our series. Super Bowl edition of Next Fan Up, the podcast for fans, by fans. I am James, your Eagles representative, joined this week by MJ, our Falcons fan. And MJ, how are you, sir, going into this week?
2: I am having an excellent week, and I am hoping it is capped off with an excellent Sunday of football.
0: Well, if the conference championships and the divisional rounds are any indication, hopefully – the Super Bowl plays up to about the same standard as that. A uh, little bit of housekeeping out the way before we jump into a little bit of news and notes. Fans, if you want to reach out to us, call us chuckleheads or disagree with anything we say here today or any other show, you can always reach us by email at nextfanup at gmail.com or on Facebook or Twitter at Next Fan Up. MJ, let's get started. Um... On the heels of last week's show, the remaining five head coaching vacancies were filled by the following. The Vikings hired or will hire Kevin O'Connell, the offensive coordinator of the LA Rams. He has a game to coach on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when he's done with the Rams after Sunday, whether win or lose, he will be officially the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Former Eagles head coach Doug Peterson, who – basically was off this past season is now the new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. The new Orleans saints promoted their defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen to their head coaching spot vacated by Sean Payton. The Texans um, in a move that is, we're going to talk about a little bit more in depth uh, in a few minutes here. Decided to go ahead and hire their defensive coordinator, Lovey Smith, as their new head coach um, after all their shenanigans came to light. And the Miami Dolphins hire Mike McDaniel, the San Francisco 49ers offensive coordinator, as their head coach. For those of you keeping count of the nine vacancies that were available to minorities, Mike Daniel identifies as biracial and Lovey Smith, who is black, of the nine uh positions are filled, so um <laughs> two one more than last year um mJ how did you how do you feel about this coaching cycle in general um, and just off the heels of what we discussed last week, briefly, going forward with coaching and just diversity.
2: Um, as far as coaching and diversity goes, um, they're still doing what I would consider um a a not, not a good job at all. Um, the league has got a lot of ground to cover if they truly will have a diverse head coaching staff in the NFL. Um because I think at this point now, with these last two hires, we are now at what, five uh, black five coaches? Five minorities. If I'm not mistaken. Five, five minorities
0: and yeah. two black coaches.
2: Which, that's. Or three, a, that's, depending
0: on how you look at McDaniel. Absolutely.
2: Um, which, that's definitely progress, but I don't know. I'm. I, I, I think. I I honestly believe leadership in any organization should be representative of the people who make up that organization. That's Mm -hmm. just honestly how I feel. Um, And when you look at the fact that the league is roughly 70% black. 73. Okay, I'm sorry, 73. (laughs) And we've only got uh, five minority head coaches. That's. That's uh, uh what what about a uh, maybe fifteen percent maybe fifteen percent <laughs> if that that's pretty that's pretty sad um yeah. and that that's pretty sad um of the coaching hires um I am the most happy, and I will temper that happiness considering who he's coaching. Um, for Lovey Smith, because mm-hmm. I have always been a fan of Lovey. Um, I love his demeanor on the sideline. I love his demeanor in interviews. He's one of the most even-keeled head coaches I've ever seen. Um, and honestly, I would say, probably say not even so much even-keeled, because when you look at how he deals with the press. Minus the sarcastic nature of Belichick's replies. Lovey Smith reminds me a lot about a lot of Belichick and the fact that we're gonna talk about the game. We're not gonna talk about the foolishness or whatever may or may not be going on. We're gonna talk about the game, how well we did or how well we didn't do. And I've always appreciated that about him. So again, I am definitely the happiest for Lovey Smith. Um when I see some of the other coaches, uh, or not necessarily coaches, one of the hires that I'm a little surprised by, and only because of who didn't take the job, was the Minnesota Vikings um, coach, because obviously we'll never know just how true it is, but everything I've heard says that Harbaugh turned it down.
0: Yes, he did. Harbaugh did turn it down at the 11th hour, I guess. He was one of the finalists um, coming in and it was a big stinker because the day he was in for the interview with the Vikings was national signing day for high schoolers to commit to colleges. So while Michigan's waiting to see what their incoming class of freshmen is going to look like, he's in, (laughs) he's in Minneapolis doing his interview with the Vikings. So part of that, had something to play with him going back to Ann Arbor and coach mm-hmm. Michigan um but ultimately we'll never know the complete st- we well, let's put it this way we won't know the complete story anytime soon. Um right. maybe we'll know from his perspective why he decided to ultimately go back to college at a later date but in the, in, in in the immediate future we probably won't know. Yeah.
2: Um Josh McDaniels and the Raiders I um, yeah I don't know i don't, i don't I don't know that I believe he should be a head coach again, but it's the Raiders and the Raiders have been doing crazy things the last few years, so we'll see how that turns out um
0: yeah, the McDaniel one is a bit puzzling, considering what he did the last time he was basically given. A job and I and I do intently use the word given, um, because the Colts at the time had zero intentions on hiring anyone else except for McDaniel. The job him, was his them
2: mm-hmm.
0: and he basically said no. Like he he was all set to accept the job, and again, this is one of those things we'll probably never know about until. The parties involved are either out of football or passed away. But something happened with New England in the background that had him return to New England for the job. And look, for all intents and purposes, the Colts did a quick pivot. What I still deem a panic hire and went after former Eagles offensive coordinator, current head coach Frank Reich. I'm not saying it was a pity hire, but Frank Reich wasn't in their initial interview process for whatever that was at the time. They really wanted Josh McDaniel, and they had his verbal commitment.
2: And didn't he up and didn't, wasn't there somebody else involved who left a position that they had and moved to the Colts, to Indianapolis on that verbal commitment? If I'm not mistaken, I can't think of who it was, but I know there was somebody else that was really upset at him, uh, upset with his. Counter decision, I'll call it, because mm-hmm. they had up and moved their family, and oh. that's just not something you do. If I know it's not. To look it up. I'll, I'll look it up and see if I can remember who it was. But yeah, so whenever Josh McDaniels' name comes up, it's just I still think about that foolishness with the Colts, and I'm like, yeah, really? And that's who you're gonna hire?
0: Yeah, and to pull okay. back the curtain here for our listening audience, this is something we talked about over the last couple of several coaching cycles in our chat group that no one has expected any other club to even consider Josh McDaniel because of what he did with the Colts. Like that was such a, a stain on his record, if you will, that teams pretty much were like, yeah, he may be a hot name out there, but no one wants him because of that. It's like you did dirty. To your own so to speak like that's not what you do so the power the hiring powers that be in the league it looked like they had rallied to the point of we're not touching him and and for the raiders to go ahead and give him the head coaching job hey um monty good luck (laughs) it it is all i have to say about that um I, i will read this from our Saints fan who says uh, Allen was the best possible choice out of who was left after McDaniel signed with Miami. Uh, Allen's defense has been great the last few years, and the team rallies around him. He's also keeping the culture and 90% of the staff intact. The Saints are still a good team, so zero reason to blow things up now. And Look, he makes a point there. If they want to keep things as is and feel that they can still be competitive um, depending on what they want to do in the future and not blow things up, then yeah, he's the best hire because he's already in there. Your defense stays the same if he's retaining even the majority of the offense of the staff and probably promotes, you know, somebody in the staff to be the OC if they don't step away and do something else. But if he keeps the entire staff intact and he just ascends to head coach, then there's no reason to think. The Saints can't be, again, relatively competitive. They were 9 and 8 this past season. Um, And we'll see what happens with Jameis Winston in the offseason because his contract uh, is up, and he was pretty much the best thing for them. Uh, they, They won their early games. You know, the first five victories they had were with Winston at the helm before he got hurt. And they basically had to piecemeal it together with the other quarterbacks on the roster, Simeon and Taysom Hill. So... We'll see how that goes. Um, I do want to touch on the Texans hire because I I, I want to limit my vitriol for this. And like you said, I have nothing but the utmost respect for Lovey Smith. I think this is long overdue that he got a second chance. But the wackiness that the Texans went through from the time that they fired David Cully to hiring Lovey Smith. Is something that should only exist in a primetime mini series over the span of six weeks. Yeah. Because to say that this was the most asinine process I have ever seen in my life is grossly understated. Um, they conducted, their interviews, and I use air quotes for the word interviews because some of them were legit and some of them were shams. You take from that what you will. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Ultimately, they wanted Josh McCown. And I didn't stutter when I said that. We have mentioned this before. Josh McCown's only head coaching experience is on the high school level, high school. And that's who they wanted. So much so that they were begging the other eight teams with vacancies at the time to give him an interview so that their hiring of him would seem legit. Needless to say, no one else even considered McCown, who last played in the NFL, I want to say, Roughly two to three years ago, his last official appearance in a football game was the Eagles playoff loss to the Seattle Seahawks. Because Carson Wentz got knocked out on the third play of the game. That was the last time we saw Josh McCown. In an NFL uniform. Right. And, and again, he went home to wherever he's from, coach high school football. And the Texans wanted him to give him the job. They this is how much they weren't considering Lovey Smith in the initial aftermath of uh, of firing David Culley and pre- proceeding with their head coaching search. The Texans only kept Lovey Smith around to help interview potential candidates. That's it. They were going to let the new coach come in, whoever they hire, and if they didn't want to keep Lovey Smith, Lovey Smith was going to be gone. He was going to be out of a job. But yet they kept Lovey Smith around to help interview the new head coach. No guarantee Lovey Smith was going to be retained as DC. And then last week happened with, and I'm not saying there's a direct correlation here, but if you don't think that the Brian Flores lawsuit played some role no matter how minor and the texans doing an about face and saying well why haven't we interviewed or considered lovey smith then you're crazy and i have beachfront property in nebraska that i'd love to sell you (laughs) because no one's going to convince me that that lawsuit that brian flores filed and we're not going to go into details about that we talked about that on last week's show but you're not going to convince me in any way, shape, or form that that didn't influence management with the Houston Texans in some way. Now, will this be another one and done like they did David Cully this past season? Who knows? We, we, we will have to wait till this time next year to see whether Lovey Smith gets a fair shot at having his job for more than one season. Because as far as I'm concerned, while I'm happy for Lovey Smith, I still feel that the Texans didn't get the person they wanted. Because again, the person they want is Josh McCown. Now, I haven't seen anything recently about the rest of who's going to fill out Lovey Smith's coaching staff or who he's going to retain. But don't be shocked if Lovey Smith hires Josh McCown as an offensive assistant in some way, shape, or form and forces whoever his OC is to take on McCown. Because remember, Lovey Smith's last head coaching job at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he was turning that team around. They had just drafted Jameis Winston. And MJ, here's a name that you're familiar with because he used to coach with the Falcons. Dirk Cutter was the offensive coordinator. Yep. And after that first year, Jameis Winston's rookie season in Tampa Bay, Dirk Cutter somehow became one of the hottest names of offensive minds that teams were going to ask for. So the Buccaneers brass, in some type of panic, decide, well, we can't let this guy go away. He's got to groom our rookie quarterback and, and get him to NFL prominence and, and make him one of the best QBs in the league. He, he had a phenomenal rookie season, and, and Winston did have a very good rookie season. And the Tampa Bay brass fires Lovey Smith and promotes Dirk Cutter to head coach every other person on the coaching staff stayed Hmm, to, to keep to keep an offensive coordinator who wasn't going anywhere because no other team was looking at Dirk Cutter that that hiring cycle to claim him the Buccaneers basically played themselves by the way Dirk Cutter was fired two years later that's how much that blew up in their face and Lovey Smith is just now getting another head coaching job. That, 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 that's my big thing on the coaching cycle thus far. Um, all the other hires, you know what? Congratulations on obtaining your jobs. Uh, good luck. We're now up, like you said, MJ, up to five minorities as head coaches in the NFL of 32.
2: Roughly 15%. Roughly.
0: So, yeah, we'll we'll see how this goes. Um, In a comedic, laughable moment, uh, Mike McDaniel, again, who I said earlier, uh, identifies as biracial. So take from that what you will. Uh, His father is black. His mother is white. Um, Stuttered over, look, if you want to call it a sensitive issue, um, a question he wasn't expecting. But when questioned about his race and his ethnicity, his uh, background, he couldn't really find the words, so to speak. And um, what came out of his mouth was incoherent. And um, yeah, he probably would have been better off saying, I have no answer to that question, or that's not something I'd like to get into at the time. He tried his best. It, I'm not going to say it was nonsense. It's how he feels but uh yeah if you haven't seen it head to youtube any other uh, sports media site you'll see it um it's interesting
2: it to me it sounded as if he was struggling to give a very politically correct answer very much so one that he hadn't rehearsed which to me is a little honestly i'm a little surprised at how unprepared he was for that question because considering everything that's been going on in the last couple of weeks with the nfl and coaching hires you would think that a man who has as he says he identifies as biracial white mother black father you would think someone with that particular dynamic, because I can't really think of what the better word should be, racial background. Be, thank you, thank you, James. Racial background. You would think he would at least have said, "Well, let me be prepared for when they ask about my parents and what am I," because mm-hmm. that to me just and and because honestly, I didn't know until it came up and it started coming out. Because when I look at him, what i see is a white man which well, i mean you know that that doesn't really mean anything because throughout history we've had tons of minority people who would have one white parent and their features allow them to pass to pass to pass mm-hmm. um so I'm, i shouldn't at all be surprised but again when i look at it i see a white guy but you know his, his mother I and mean, his mother is white his father is black as far as a lot of people are concerned that makes him a black man even though you may not see it when you look at him that still to me is kind of like you should have known this question was coming i'm Mm -hmm. not saying you had to have the greatest answer in the world but i would think you'd be a little bit more prepared for that question
1: true indeed step into the world of power loyalty More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Um, the only other coaching hire that I find somewhat laughable, and I'm kind of sitting back, Chewing popcorn, waiting to see how this blows up, um the Denver Broncos who hired Nathaniel Hackett, who is from the uh Green Bay Packers. He was their offensive coordinator before he took the head coaching job in denver uh and again, another discussion we've had in our chat group with the other members who contribute here uh there's not a doubt in anyone's mind that this hire was for the sole purpose of trying to acquire. Aaron Rodgers and however you want to look at it whether you agree or disagree that is Denver's plan A through L (laughs) at this point I don't know what plans M through Z look like but A through L hire Nathaniel Hackett get Aaron Rodgers they got now, the first part down i don't know how they acquire aaron rodgers
2: <laughs> so i'll i'll throw this out at you james and i'm sure you've probably seen this headline across your news feed mm-hmm. there's a possibility that somebody is thinking about buying the denver broncos
0: well yes they they are up for sale the denver broncos are officially the the Boland family Um have put the Broncos up for sale. They uh the team is, according to estimates, worth or the price tag is, if you will, four billion with a B dollars. Um, there is a well known person in the African American community, Byron Allen, um, who has done any and everything in television if you if you don't know please google him look him up see what he's done yeah. um but yeah he's been a tv host producer showrunner but
2: anything every
0: can, any, a, any every job, job
2: that when, with any job any anytime you see the credits of a movie or a tv show any of those like first 10 to 15 names that are not Actors and actors. actresses in the film, mm-hmm. he's held all of those positions at some point in his media career. The yeah. dude knows media.
0: Absolutely. So
2: it just kind of has me. Now, now, granted, I don't know what his sports fandom is. I don't know who he likes, who he doesn't like, but it would be interesting if they get Rodgers. Byron buys them. A couple years down the road, we start to see more and more brown people in the Broncos organization. Well... Uh, I'm not saying that w- that is what will happen. True. But, but it's an interesting
0: possibility. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, we do have to mention that Byron, the ownership allows him to buy the team that part because you can't just buy a franchise, even if you're head of a financial group that wants to come in and buy a franchise it has to be approved. The sale of the the sale of any team in any sport doesn't matter what sport it is, but in any sport, when a team is up for sale and they see all the bids of the people who the, the people or groups who want to buy said team that is up for sale the current list or the current uh membership of owners or chairman if you will um have to vote to approve said sale to new regime coming in and purchasing said franchise happens in every sport we saw it in basketball when sterling was ousted they had approved the sale to uh, the Clippers' new uh, chairman. The same thing happened when they forced out Richardson with the Carolina Panthers here in the NFL. They had to approve that sale. So um, here we are, black man, um, who has definitely has the money, um, if not the group, the financial backing uh, to purchase this NFL franchise that is up for sale. Now we wait to see if, look, let's call it what it is, this good old boy network of NFL owners, because again, Shad Khan of the um, Jacksonville Jaguars and um, Pagula, who is um, I I know it's, uh, she's an Asian woman. I can't remember what specifically which country, uh, but she is the owner of the Buffalo Bills. Those are your two minority owners in the NFL
2: wait are there only two i thought they were i thought that i thought there were four at one point Mm, there was hold on well there are
0: let's put it this way there are several women yes who are the heads of minor uh, of ownership groups for certain teams but if you're talking about one sole individual who
2: okay, owns a franchise.
0: You. The majority of them are I white men. Again, for the teams yeah. that are owned by groups, for some of them, there are women who are at the forefront of that because they're the yeah. face or representative of said ownership group. But um, yeah, they uh, those are your only two. Kim Pagula, excuse yeah. me. that That's yeah. her name, Kim Pagula. So, will will we have a third minority owner? Because again, and I'm minority by race, not sex or gender. Um,
2: fair point. Fair point.
0: But yeah, so Khan Pagula, we can cross our fingers and hope Byron Allen gets the gets the uh, Broncos sold to him. But again, will the rest of the inner NFL ownership group? Agree to that, Um, which leads me into my next point or next news item. Uh, Since this is Super Bowl week. Commissioner Roger Goodell often does a state of the league press conference uh, to kick off media day at the Super Bowl. And um, this week started off much like last year. With the lack of minority coaches particularly black head coaches um, and people in the front office uh, for the respective NFL ball clubs. And he was peppered with those questions again. Jim Trotter, if you – we can't play it, but definitely go on YouTube or Twitter, find it, look at it. Jim Trotter found uh, asked him a very poignant question. Because Jim Trotter works for NFL media, like the media office at NFL headquarters, who Jim Trotter works for. And Goodell, for all intents and purposes, is his boss. And he questioned his boss because he said the media office is also lacking in diversity. That the people who make the decisions are all basically white men. From the top man all the way through the executives and who hands out assignments and like, you know yeah a handful of them get to choose their stories or whatever like that but the maj- all the decision makers in the NFL media office are white and he was questioned about this in conjunction with diversity through coaching staffs, general managers and team presidents, ownership because again 73% of the players in the NFL are black and Roger Goodell's response, which is somewhere between 45 seconds to a minute long, was a cluster blank of dribble and nonsensical (laughs) rhetoric to which my only response is to paraphrase a quote from a movie. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I've ever heard. And no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. Yes, I am paraphrasing the principle at the end of Billy Madison because that's how I felt listening to Roger Goodell respond to Jim Cuadrado's question. It was nonsensical bull crap. And it sounded like it, it was a cross between lip service and not caring, and he tried to put the words out there like yeah we're 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 trying to do things, but they're they're really not, and look, I get it when it comes to the individual teams, there's only so much you can do because the onus is on them to make these hires, and it's not like you can sanction them, they're trying to incentivize these teams to do more things but he didn't even touch on that it was just dribble like our he he might as well said our hands are tied i have no idea what to do and we're at our wits ends trying to come up with ideas but to feign some type of intelligent response like you're you know this is an ongoing process and you're still working on it and we don't know what to yeah nah i'm sorry MJ, your thoughts on it.
2: Roger Goodell over the years. uh, I truly believe Goodell means well. I really do. I really honestly believe he means well.
0: No, no debating that.
2: But the, the. The, the i was i was explaining it to a friend of mine uh not too long ago Goodell may be the n f l commissioner, but the owners are his boss mm-hmm. so there's only there's only so much that he can say before his leash gets tugged on um but no, you're. But you're right. That response was. It was just bad. Um, it could have been so much better, but it just wasn't. Again, it it it's it it's it's. How are you this unprepared when <laughs> you know what's currently in the news the cycle topic of discussion mm-hmm. of the NFL? Exactly. How are you this unprepared? Um, but yes, yeah, like I said, I genuinely believe that believe that he means well, but because he's got to say the right things for the ownership to renew his contract, there's only so much he can say. Again, he can't get out there and just completely badmouth his bosses and think that he's going to get to keep his job. There's True. only, and and I believe that ownership is willing to let you say only so much before you get a phone call that's like hey 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 now slow you roll we get it you're trying you we we want you to present the best image possible of the league but be mindful of what you say about your 31 bosses 32 and i think <laughs> Well, I say thirty-one just because Green Bay is a publicly owned, quote unquote, True. publicly owned team. True. So that's True. why I say True. 31 bosses. Um, gotcha. But gotcha. yeah, no, his 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 answer was definitely incoherent. It wasn't prepared. And again, I'm not saying you had to give the best answer in the world, but you had to have known this was going to come up. Especially when you kind of opened the door for it with some of your own opening statements, so yeah, he just did not do a good job
0: not, not, not to fun. mention yeah, not to mention the 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 NFL tweet that he put out this past Saturday, which contradicted the immediate response to the Flores lawsuit, and when I say immediate, I mean news broke of the florist lawsuit and no less no more than 30 minutes went by before the league office which is the commissioner put out a response saying that the lawsuit had no merit but then he comes out on saturday and says we take the issues of diversity very seriously well which one is it do you take the issues of diversity very seriously or does the lawsuit have no merit <laughs> because you ain't wait right. five minutes before you was like, hey, he's wrong about this. And, and again, then to me the five days day go, five days sorry, go, go ahead, by go. And you say, Well, you know, we, we do take this issue seriously and we're trying to do things better and we're still working on it. Go ahead.
2: One of the things that irritates me the most and that that quick response that they had. If Flores' lawsuit has no merit, we wouldn't need the Rooney rule. That part. So yeah, and again, that's that. That's that 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 right there is the example of there's only so much the league is gonna let you Do. say before they mm-hmm. pull on your leash. Like, hey, remember remember who signs your paycheck?
0: That that and in, and you know what to your point he does have to remember who's who you know awards him his salary every year because what was it last summer the summer before where you had the the video that was put out on twitter that had um Dak prescott Ezekiel elliott deshaun watson um uh who, who patrick mahomes uh, mm-hmm. uh derrick henry i think um uh, uh, Tyron Matthew it was something like a dozen prominent black NFL players in the aftermath of the murder that were happening that summer. Yeah. Wanting the NFL to take a hardcore stance. And <laughs> Goodell pretty much sat back and let it happen. Cause I mean, what can he do? Like you right. said, now the owners did get in him. Immediately after, he 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 did admit, because he went and did a couple of shows um, and, and, and state that, yeah, a number of the owners, and I, I he says a number of, he's probably not trying to let it be known, but I would say at least half of the owners, most of them white men, did call him to be like, what the hell is this and what are you going to do about it? Right. So the tepid response that he put out afterwards was just that tepid because again, his bosses wanted him to do something and he felt that was the best thing to do in the immediate aftermath. And I find it funny that there was no further discussion with the players in said video. Now, obviously one of them has his own other legal issues going on, but the remainder of those players, they were asked about it through the course of that following season. And um, to really this point, much. nothing has happened as far as conversation between them and the league office or any, you know, at all. So hey, here we are, new year, same problems.
2: <laughs> Pretty much. And again, it goes back to what I said on last week's podcast and and i'll and i will definitely be sure to incorporate neil's correction of what i said i do not believe the problem will change until there are more owners who are black female trans um non non-binary all of the other marginalized communities mm-hmm. that we have in this country until they also are part of the makeup of league ownership, I really do believe most of what happens is just gonna be lip
0: service. Yeah. Unfortunate but true. Well we're gonna leave our news and notes there for the time being and uh move on to uh this thing that's happening Sunday. Uh in, in, in case you've been under a rock for the last two weeks, uh, there are two teams planning this thing called the Super Bowl. Wait, These... the Super Bowl? What, what's that? <laughs> it's this football game that happens at the end of the year. Uh, big hoopla, party, celebration, celebrities come mean, in, descend.
2: You mean the Pro Bowl?
0: No, 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 no. That that was this past Sunday. We're talking about this coming Bowl. Sunday.
2: Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because I, 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 I thought the – never mind, no.
0: <laughs> yeah, they, they had switched out a number of years ago. The Pro Bowl is now the week before the Super Bowl instead okay, of after. Okay,
2: okay,
0: okay. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I, I, I know, I know. It, it It's confusing. It's a lot to deal with. Man, man. But the Cincinnati Bengals are playing the Los Angeles Rams. Um. Yeah, It look, don't ask me for a sports line. <laughs> I haven't really felt like looking one up. Again, I'm hoping that as good as all four divisional rounds and both conference championships were, as far as entertainment value, even though I didn't get any of the outcomes I wanted, um, I hope this game is just as close and as entertaining as those six games were. Um, the Bengals come in with a 10 and 7 record, having won all three of their playoff games, two on the road against the top two seeds. the afc first the titans then the chiefs in the conference championship the rams come in with a 12 and 5 record winners of their division um (laughs) doing what no one thought was possible by beating the buccaneers in tampa bay uh to be the second team in a row to play their super bowl at home the injury report is very light uh the only the two biggest names on the injury report are each team's respective starting tight end CJ Uzama for the Bengals is questionable. He was limited in practice on Thursday with his knee injury and Tyler Higby for the Rams uh, with his knee injury did not practice on Thursday. He is questionable. So um both of these teams passing games and in some cases their ability their their you know their blocking abilities in the run games. If we get that much running from the backs in this one, uh, we'll yeah. be sorely missed. If neither of these guys can go,
2: and to 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 Brent, to address those two from the injury report, and I wish I didn't get a chance to look it up, but I heard it this morning on the way to work. I don't remember which coach spoke about their prospect, their respective tight end, but somebody said if he doesn't practice he's not playing in the game on Sunday and I didn't get a chance to look up which coach said that about which tight end and I'm sorry that I didn't but I thought that was interesting to come out and say I don't know if it was meant legitimately if we're already doing a little psychological warfare but I thought it was an interesting statement to come out and make
0: well Based on that statement and who's practicing and who's not, Uzama looks to be on track to play while Higby doesn't. But again, you got your Friday practice and your Saturday walkthrough. So keep an eye on both Higby and Uzama to see what's what as far as that play out. MJ, I got some useless stats I'm going to go through here as quickly as possible because it's a ton before we talk about X's and O's. Uh, This is the fourth. Instance in Super Bowl history between opposing starting quarterbacks who wear the same jersey number. Staubach and Bradshaw did it twice, and then Staubach and Greasy did it once. Matthew Stafford is one of five first overall picks to play more than 100 regular season games before making their first Super Bowl appearance. Each of the previous four won that Super Bowl. Joe Burrow will be the first second-year QB to start the Super Bowl since Russell Wilson in 2013. He won Super Bowl 48. Uh, Burrow will be 25 years, 65 days old on the day of the Super Bowl, exact same age as Russell Wilson when he won that Super Bowl. Uh, This is the first Super Bowl since the NFL started seeding postseason teams in 1975. That does not feature at least one team that was a number one or number two seed in their respective conference. Both of these teams were the fourth seed. Uh, Wide receiver comparison, Cooper Cup, 170 receptions, 2,333 yards, 20 receiving touchdowns, all led the NFL this year. And rookie phenom Jamar Chase, 101 receptions, 1,734 yards, 14 touchdowns. Uh, Per pro football focus, Von Miller and Aaron Donald have the two highest career postseason pass rush grades in the pro football focus era, which is 2006. Minimum of 200 playoff pass rushing snaps. Uh, The Bengals are the fifth team to have a rookie Lead the, t- lead the team in receiving during the regular season and reach the Super Bowl. Each of the previous four teams lost the Super Bowl. Uh, team history in Super Bowls the Rams have a one in three record in Super Bowls, uh, <laughs> averaging 15 and a half points, giving up 20 points, uh, a minus 18 point differential, minus one turnover differential, and minus nine sack. Differential. The Bengals are 0 2 in Super Bowls, uh, scoring 18 and a half points, giving up 23 points, minus nine point differential, minus two turnover differential, minus five sack differential. Uh, Teams wearing white jerseys have won 14 of the last 17 Super Bowls. Uh, The designated home team is 23 and 32 in Super Bowls losing 11 of the last 15 the Bengals are the designated home team in this game uh <laughs> since week 14 including the playoffs Matthew Stafford has a 7 and 1 record with 70% of uh, 70% completion percentage 272 and a half passing yards per game 17 touchdowns nine picks for a 102 passer rating Joe Burrow has a 6-1 record, 72.8 completion percentage, 331 yards per game, 15 touchdowns, two interceptions, 118 passer rating. Stafford and Burrow's 31 combined regular season interceptions are the most by opposing starting QBs in the Super Bowl era since Tom Brady and Hall of Famer Kurt Warner's 34 in 2001. Uh, Matthew Stafford has a 48 and passer rating and six picks in games when pressured nine plus times this season, including the playoffs. Stafford has been pressured nine plus times in nine of the last 12 games, zero in the first eight. Uh, Joe Burrow is seven and zero in his career in postseason games dating back to college. The Rams are the second team in NFL history to play in the Super Bowl at their home stadium. Again, the Buccaneers did it last year. The Bengals are the fourth team in NFL history to make the Super Bowl after having fewer than five wins in the previous season. Uh, They were 4-11-1 last year. Matthew Stafford is the fourth quarterback over the last 40 seasons to start a Super Bowl in their first season with a new team. Uh, Brady, Delome, and Dilfer are the others. Uh, The Bengals are one of five teams with multiple Super Bowl appearances and no wins. Uh, Both their previous appearances, they lost to San Francisco in 88 and 81. Per Pro Football Focus, Jalen Ramsey has allowed 60-plus receiving yards in primary coverage of a single wide receiver once this season. That was Mike Evans, to whom he gave up 97 yards in a divisional round. Joe Burrow was sacked 51 times in the regular season, most in the NFL, the most by QB to make the Super Bowl in NFL history. The previous high, Roethlisberger, with 46 in 2008, he won Super Bowl 43. And last stat here, Matthew Stafford has finished with a losing record in eight seasons, the most by any quarterback prior to a Super Bowl start all time. All starting QBs from each of the past five Super Bowls had a combined six. Losing seasons. uh The last time these two teams actually faced each other was uh, October twenty sixth of twenty nineteen, and the Rams won twenty four to ten in L.A. MJ, your thoughts on this game and how you think it's going to play out?
2: I think we're definitely in for a good game of football. Um, to watch the Bengals go from. Two years ago, being the worst team in football to playing in the Super Bowl, and being the and I, I and, and I didn't realize until you just now said that they're the home team. I'm like, so the Rams are the visiting team in their own stadium. That
0: yes, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, because sort of, I think sort of it put... it alternates every year as far as NFC, AFC, as who's, which representative is the home team. So this right. year the AFC representative is the home team. Next year the NFC team will be the home team.
2: So yeah, that, that I think we're going to have a good game. Um, I uh, the I've given Matthew Stafford a lot of crap.
0: Deservedly season. so. So have I. Um, some
2: of, some of it deserved, some of it. As I look back on things now, and again, I'm I'm a Georgia Tech guy. He went to UGA, so um, <laughs> I try to be objective. But you know, I also try to be objective about the Aints players when I talk about them, and that never really happens. However, I really think this might be Stafford's year because he has done some really Matt Stafford-like things to try and not get to the Super Bowl, and he (laughs) has gotten to the Super Bowl. The man has won every playoff game he's played in since, He left the Lions. And I know that's only been one season, but still, he's won more playoff games now than he ever won in Detroit. And I Mm -hmm. think that is something that people don't pay enough attention to. And as I said at the start of the season. All in three in Detroit. Right. And as I said at the start of the season, this 17th game this year is going to have some odd effects. Now, did I know it was going to end up having the worst team from two years ago play against the guy in the Super Bowl who's never won a playoff game? Didn't have a clue. I just knew the 17th game was going to throw everybody off and it was going to be a, an odd year.
0: Understatement, um, but yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, I really like Stafford and the Rams' chances to win this year. Um, I would love to see Aaron Donald finally get his ring because that dude is a defensive
0: beast. He deserves. Nightmare. Nightmare. The the word you're looking for is nightmare.
2: (laughs) Right. And and, and people, and again, he doesn't play a sexy position, but he plays a very needed position because the game is won in the trenches and Mm -hmm. Aaron Donald is in the trenches on every single snap. So, yes, I would love to see Aaron Donald and the Rams get a ring this year. However, there is one potential stat that we should throw out there. Mm-hmm. If the Bengals win this year, Joe Burrow will be in a very elite club that will if they win, the club will then have three members.
0: Which club is this?
2: Who won the Heisman? Huh? a national championship, mm-hmm. and a Super Bowl. As of right now, the only quarterbacks who have done it are Montana and Namath.
0: Wow. Yeah, that that's elite company.
2: <laughs> right. Now, if he does it, I'm just going to sit here and be like, it will be really, really interesting for the only three members in this club so I'll be named Joe.
0: Joe. Uh, you that had to because, do it.
2: I'm just saying that would be really, really – that that would be a really funny stat to have. Um, but, again, I, I'm definitely thinking this is going to be an amazing game. Um, I, I I don't know who that I think is going to win, who's going to lose, but I'm definitely rolling with the Rams and Aaron Donald.
1: In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Um, I, I, my concern ever since they beat the Titans for the Bengals and, and will remain until the outcome of this game as you've already touched on, is the Bengals' offensive line. I I think that how they hold up in pass protection versus Von Miller and Aaron Donald and the rest of the Rams' front will ultimately decide how close this game is. Yeah. Um, Look, even though they lost, the Titans tied a playoff record with nine sacks of Joe Burrow. They tied the record, still lost. Um, and a game that, again, came down to the wire and was still decided by a last second, basically a game-expiring field goal to win it by the Bengals. Um, if they can't keep Burrow upright, because this was an issue that I remember two years ago when they had the worst, one of the worst records in the league that allowed them to draft Jamar Chase, um, this unit of theirs, this offensive line, is what ultimately got Joe Burrow knocked out for the season with a torn ACL in a game against Washington, I believe, in mid to late October of that season because they couldn't hold up in pass protection. And they have struggled to do it at times this year, which is why their record is 10-7. and Um, It's also why they're not completely dominating teams the way one would expect. Now, look, it helps that, you know, burrow has a guy he knows from college and an all-around solid receiving core uh with chase higgins and boyd and in the case of chase sometimes he can just drop back flat-footed and errantly throw chuck the ball up in the air but unlike the previous 20 games he's played this season playoffs included Sunday. More than likely, I I I believe the Rams will have Jalen Ramsey shadow Jamar Chase. And look, you, you heard the stat earlier about Ramsey and how Mike Evans in the divisional round was the only receiver to go off against him, if you want to call that going off. Um 97 yards. I believe he had a touchdown in that game as well. But Jalen Ramsey is a monster at corner. Um, Yeah, definitely one of the best in the game today, without question. Um, Very physical. Uh, He definitely likes to get both in the face of the wide receiver, typically on his side, because it's very rare that he shadows. But um, he likes to get in the face, both literally with his hands, jamming at the line of scrimmage and figuratively by playing mind games. And, and sometimes frustrating the wide receiver he's covering to take them out of the game. he He's done it more than once. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and I've already heard
2: on a clip either today or yesterday where they were talking to him and he said, and um, he was like, yeah, of course I want Jamar Chase. I'm I'm going to shut him down. Oh, no, I'm sorry. He didn't say I'm going to shut him down specifically, but he was like, of course I want him. I want the best, and we're going to see what's going to happen. So I'm like, yeah, he's, he's already talking. And I'm like, this is the media hype leading up to this game has been
0: good. It, it, it often is. Now, uh, yeah. I, I try to temper myself when it comes to the media hype because, again, I get it. This is the championship yeah. game the last few games have been to say exciting with the exception of Patriots Rams, but, um, quite the, the, you know, uh, with that one, notwithstanding, I would say the last four or five Super Bowls coming down to the wire have been somewhat of nail biters. Um, yeah. Cause we really had no clear cut. This team is definitely going to win. And honestly, I, I don't even have a pick for this game at the moment. Um, gun, gun to my head, I just take the bullet, <laughs> honestly, because I, I can't I'm, call this. I can't call this game I'm, because on the flip side, Stafford is still my question mark because he hasn't sure. really. For the games that they, the three games that they played in the NFC playoffs, he hasn't done anything really to convince me he is still the guy. Now, granted, yes, congratulations on finally making the Super Bowl. Um, and yeah, for the majority of his, basically the entire time he was in Detroit, he, he was dubbed a stat compiler, um, who made errant throws at the most inopportune times. Look, you can, you can look at his numbers. Um, there are very few times when he's thrown 15 or less interceptions in a season. The majority of the time it's, it's over that. I mean, even seasons when he's putting up high touchdown numbers, there's still a high number of interceptions. So.
2: Yeah, but how many of those are legitimately his
0: fault? Oh, they're, they're his fault. You watch Detroit through the years and, you, and you're and you looking at the, the, the games that they've played and just look at their record. And quite a few of those are his fault where they have the ball late. They're driving down to get the go ahead or game tying score. And for whatever reason, he's throwing the ball to the other team, whether it's pressure, the wrong read, whatever, but it's it's not the type of thing where he's hitting the receiver in the numbers and the ball is tipped. These are clean picks. Now, I'm not saying every single interception he's thrown is a clean pick. No, I'm just talking about in those final minute situations where you're driving on the field, the, the Detroit Lions need to win the game to maintain playoffs, seating, or hopes of making the playoffs, whatever have you. He's throwing the ball to the other team. And the and look, the drives look great because they they start at his own whatever. He's moving down. They cross midfield. They get around the, the opposition's 30, 35 yard line, and that 15 yard in route, he where he should be taking a check down. He's throwing it. Safety jumps it. DB gets there before the ball, you know, before the receiver does, whatever have you. I mean, these aren't tip drills.
2: No, and, and sadly, well, I won't necessarily say sadly, but what you're describing reminds me of another quarterback that I know.
0: <laughs> Story for another time. But look, Stafford is is, is key for the Rams' offense. and look, Yes, he's had, you, you want to call it a good season? I don't call good seasons leading the league in interceptions. All right. Um,
2: That is a fair point. That
0: is a fair point. And and I I, I don't subscribe to the notion of, let's tout his eye-popping numbers this season, but ignore picks. No, picks are very crucial to a quarterback stat line. And it's nice that he completed 67% of his passes for over 4,800 yards and 41 touchdowns, but he threw 17 interceptions. And most of these picks... Came in the last eight games they played. Nine to be exact. Nine of these interceptions came in the last eight games they played.
2: Even with all of that being true. And you're I mean, I mean, those are stats. You can't debate them.
0: I know. I look, I get it. Famous soundbite we used to have here. Stats for losers.
2: It still says something that they're playing in the Super Bowl. True. Now, what is that exact? Something I don't know. But it's not by happenstance that they're here. I don't think it's by happenstance. Let me say it that way.
0: Well, I, I mean,
2: because th- think about it this way. One of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history oh, is also – The leading, uh, also holds the NFL record for most interceptions thrown.
0: Oh, you mean average Brett Favre? Yes. I mean. So
2: all I'm saying is, yes, you can't ignore the interceptions. You have to factor them in, especially when they happen. But, again, the league leader of interceptions, is arguably one of the better quarterbacks that the league has had. And I say arguably because I know everybody has their own opinion, mm-hmm. but you have to put him in the conversation. So, again, just because he threw the, the the highest number of interceptions this season, he still got his team to the Super Bowl.
0: True. But I do think Still there's more pressure. Coming. I th- I think there's more pressure on him and the Rams to win this game than there is the Bengals.
2: Oh, although no, no, there's definitely more pressure on him and the Rams because the 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 Bengals are the Cinderella story. You know, if the if they don't win, nobody's gonna look at them and say, "Well, you got here because you were lucky, or you got here and you did exactly what we thought you were gonna do." The Bengals are playing. At a there, I don't I don't I don't want to say carefree, but I don't believe there's much pressure on them in this game.
0: They they're playing with house money, basically.
2: Yeah, thank you, exactly. They're playing with house money. But when I look at the Rams between Stafford, Ramsey, Aaron Donald, and Cooper Cup. The deck I think while while the pressure is on them, I mm-hmm. also think the deck is stacked in their favor.
0: Oh, of course. Of course. Because the Rams have put this team together over the last and granted, Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald are the only star players they've drafted, because, you know, via trade or free agency is how they got Ramsey, Von Miller. Right. Um, Stafford, uh, who else? Uh, and, and Odell Beckham Jr. That's uh, how they got all I, those I, I four forgot players. Forgot
2: about Odell Beckham, yeah, OBJ. Yeah. So,
0: so that's how they got those four players via free agency and trades. I mean, look, they don't have a draft pick, next, you know, first round coming up. <laughs> they they pretty much mortgaged the future years ago to get to this point again. Um, but but if they win and win it all,
2: everyone will say it was worth it.
0: Oh, of course, of course, because I mean they can't sustain paying everyone what they're due. Yeah, you know we 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 joke behind the scenes. How was how are they able to field a team that actually plays at a competent level by maintaining all their star players? Because I mean, look and, and give them credit, all the Jimmys and Joes on well, the depth chart, their roster behind these star players, will play with these star players. Um, they learn quickly. They adapt. They they find the right people to put in these positions who don't command a, a high salary. The you know, so I mean, hit, getting one cool. But yeah, I mean, th- th- this is pretty much make or break for like the last three four years.
2: And 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 another question that I've got for you: Do you know if between those heavy hitters that we just named out for the Rams? Do any of them have contracts that end this season?
0: Not to my knowledge. So Beckham, there is... probably Beckham because they signed him in the middle of the season because uh, mm-hmm. Beckham did clear waivers. Mm-hmm. Um, Ramsey got an extension, I want to say, last year, so he's on the contract for a while. I believe Stafford's deal, or no – yeah, because it was a trade for Stafford, so I don't know when his contract is up. Donald, of course, they're going to re-up every three to four years when his contract comes up because they can't afford to lose him. He's pretty much everything to the defense. Uh, Miller, Miller was a trade, and he had just gotten a fat extension from Denver. So, so the fact,
2: so so the fact that all of them still have multiple years on their contracts. They've got no cap space. None. None. They've got – and and I I want to say they might be maxed out. They are. So I don't know what they're going to do to pay uh, whatever rookies they draft this season, but – What rookies? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Sorry. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely – I forgot. Yeah, you're right. Because they mortgage the future. But, again, if they win – It'll be worth it because oh, of course. you still have everybody under contract for a couple more years.
0: At least one. So
2: <laughs> as some of these contracts start to expire, you start to get a little bit of cap space back. It still becomes well. At least we did get that one Super Bowl that year. Now let's see what we can do to start working on
1: number two.
0: Yeah. Look, the salary cap is just a suggestion. Um, teams have found a way to get around it by turning entire right. seasonal up upcoming seasonal salaries into sign uh, signing bonuses or bonus. incentive bonuses mm-hmm. that they will definitely make no matter what, like, Oh yeah, if you start uh 14 of 18 of uh, 17 games, you make this bonus. Oh, well, that's not hard. Uh, if right. you run for 500 yards this season, you'll get this bonus. Oh, that's not difficult, you know, considering it's yes. a starter. So that, you know, s- silly things like that. They they tie up in incentive bonuses that they know they're going to hit to uh Sw- um, swing it so, over that get, way to make sure they base, get paid yeah. yeah just to save against the cap and to some extent they can do that with some of the salary they can convert some of the base into a signing bonus but i i think yeah. there's a limit on how much or what percentage of it they can do um so yeah that look that i i do think this offense is potent enough because, look, before Stafford, it was Goff who was out there whipping the ball around and he had solid seasons as their quarterback, minus his last year when he was injury riddled. Um, I-, I think the Bengals' biggest challenge will be getting to Stafford and losing track of Cooper Cup, to, to which I'm trying to understand how, you know, I'm-, I'm still miffed that the Buccaneers lost that conference title game, because how do you... I don't I don't know what was going on in the secondary, and I said this then, I'm gonna repeat it now. How do you lose track of Cooper Cup? He, he, wait, he I'm six... sorry.
2: You, you, you're, you're upset that who lost that game? <laughs> who
0: who lost that game again? What, no, I'm not upset they game lost game? the game. I'm upset they lost track <laughs> of the biggest wide receiver threat on the opposite, on the on the offensive side of the ball. How do you lose track? That's like that's like playing the 49ers in, in, in the mid to late 80s and losing track of Jerry Rice. <laughs> and um, I'm not saying hey, Cooper, I'm not saying Cooper Compass Jerry Rice. I'm not saying that. Say All I'm saying is this Falcons is the lost guy track
2: of him plenty of times. <laughs> we lost I, track of him plenty of times.
0: I, I, I just don't see how how you lose track of the one guy you can't let go off. Like, all right, OBJ beats again, you? Cool. He just got there Tuesday.
2: <laughs> again, I watched it happen twice a year, every year, in the 80s and some of the 90s when we were in the NFC West. It can happen.
0: <sighs> again, the game is on the line. I'm going to need a secondary to know what Cooper Cup is. That was standing. Um, there there are some members of our group here at next fan up who were clowning the signing of Trey Hendricks, Trey Hendrickson. And Hendrickson has been balling. He's pretty much the top guy on that defensive line for Cincinnati getting after quarterbacks. And he, he has wreaked some havoc. Um, The AFC championship. He was the main guy getting after Patrick Mahomes on almost every single pass play, you know, with the exception of being gas at the end because Casey would do that to you. But, uh, he, he can be a monster in a handful in and of himself. And, and look, this secondary has been piecemeal together with uh, guys who bolted from other teams. I don't think there's a single member of the starting secondary that the Bengals have drafted. I believe they've all come from other teams Um, and, and, and they're hungry. They're hungry to prove something. So I, I think they're, they're going in here with a chip on the shoulder because there's not a lot of household names in that group. You know, everyone talks about burrow, higgins boyd and um and, and chase uh, along with dixon they're running back so everything all the hype for the Bengals has pretty much been in the offense but i don't think their defense gets enough credit I, I, they can get a few stops to make things interesting they they got a good shot of winning this but honestly i like i said i i can't call it on a final prediction um wh- wh- what do you have
2: again i'm um... I, on paper, I'm picking the Rams (laughs) on paper because the Rams have the firepower. They are a, I think, a better put together team. Mm -hmm. However, there is something to be said for what the Bengals have managed to do. Um... Borrow has been a beast this year. He has done everything that the Bengals needed him to do on that field to get them to this point. So, like I said, on paper, it's the Rams. In the actual plane of the game, I just don't know. Um, I, I, I just don't know. If you put a gun to my head and make me pick a team, I'm I'm gonna go with the Rams. Um, I'm a num I I'm I'm a numbers kind of guy. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot to be said for heart, but mm-hmm. heart is just one of those things that you can't exactly predict.
0: So yeah, I'm a I'm gonna go with the Rams. You know what, just to be contrarian, I'm 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 a I'm a uh,
1: <laughs> Oh,
0: I know. I know, I know. <laughs> like I want to pick them, but like I So I, I basically boiled it down to this. If for whatever reason both offenses come out flat. Which defense do I trust more? It's the Rams. Yeah. Like, if you were to tell me both offenses are going to come out and completely just stink up the joint and not look like what they look like in the regular season, and you told me one of these defenses is going to carry their team to victory, and again, this is not the crap on the Bengals because, again, they've been balling this postseason. I got to go with the Rams because they're a defense – Look, we we talked about up front, we talked about the secondary, the, the, the two linebackers that play over the middle are, are, are speedy, rangy guys, even though they're not household names, they get zero acknowledgement whatsoever on that unit. It's literally just the secondary and the pass rush. I I, I, I believe they can get it done. If push come to shove and it had to come down to which defense I trust most, and I that's the deciding fact for me. It's the Rams, though I, yep. I won't be rooting for them on Sunday. <laughs> uh, talk about a game in which I have zero rooting interest. I, I just want to enjoy a good game. That, that's it. Right. <laughs> All right, MJ. Uh, let, let's wind this down now with, with some shenanigans here and prop bets, and and not not the typical. Point spread, which receiver, running back, quarterbacks gonna do X, Y, forget the stats and X's and O prop bets. I don't care about those. Let's talk about some crazy off-the-wall prop bets. But first, um, I-, I do want to get a couple of game stat ones going out here. Um Pat, our Patriots fan, did send in that um one of the prop bets that he likes is Tyler Boyd over 51 and a half receiving yards. Um He does mention he felt better about it when he thought C.J. Uzama was definitely out, but since it sounds like he might be playing, um doesn't feel too good about it. He does feel like the Rams defense is going to uh key in on both Chase and Higgins and be watching for Mixon, so Boyd could easily get some of those yardage provided that he's one he's not covered by jalen ramsey and two uzama's probably not on the field at the same time um another one sony michelle scores a touchdown um again this is one he thought better about when he figured that cam Akers was going to miss the game but cam Akers is not going to miss this game (laughs) so um So th- those are two prop bets that he likes. The Gatorade color <laughs> he likes is yellow. Okay. So, so the Gatorade at the end that's doused on the winning head coach, he feels that the Gatorade color will be yellow. Some of his prop bets, uh, other prop bets not actually game-related, have to deal with halftime. and He thinks without a shadow of a doubt, California Love is the first song that's played at halftime because it's the first time the uh, in – First time the Super Bowl has been in L.A. since the 90s with a brand new stadium, which means the first rapper to speak or rap will be Dr. Dre. Although if they start the song like the typical starts, that means Tupac is technically the first to speak and rap. And I'm tempted to wager that he shows up as a hologram. I definitely think we see Tupac in some form, but it'll probably be a video and not a hologram. So California love the first song of the halftime show with Dr. Dre to be the first to speak. He is the headliner of the show, followed by Eminem, then Snoop, then Mary, then Lamar. So that that's his take on the prop bets. Uh, anything that you have?
2: Um, I don't think we're gonna see. Pa- I don't think you're gonna see Tupac as a hologram. Not considering the way him and Dre fell out back in the day. No, we won't see Pac as a hologram. <laughs> um, wow. my prop bet not, is not we're not talking about a little bit. No. Mm-mm. Again, okay. the way him and Dre fell out, I just don't see it. Okay. I just I just don't see it. Um my prop bet is that Mary J cusses first. Uh-huh. <laughs> out of everybody performing in that halftime show, my money uh-huh. says Mary J cusses first.
0: Well, okay. So we, you you we do know they'll have to do the clean versions of their song because this is on network TV. Um, I mean the, ga- the game Timberlake is on NBC. Janet
2: Jackson. Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson.
0: No 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 one no, 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 no one told the network that was in the plans. They 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 kind of came up with that off the cuff. Right, <laughs> so you <say laughs> think Mary last... is
2: telling them that she's going to be cussing first?
0: Well, okay, so, I mean, you know what? Now, now the other sure. thing
2: to think about, though, is the other thing to think about is what time do you think we'll get the halftime show? Because remember, Ooh. after a certain time, you can be a little loose with what you say on television.
0: Yeah, that's typically around 8 or 9 p.m. Eastern time. The game starts at 6.30. We got all the pageantry, well, Right. Kickoff is around 6.30. I kickoff think. is around 6.30. So right. to the game will probably start being televised at 6. You know, we get provided. I mean, no, wait, no, no, wait. Are you sure kickoff hard... is
2: at 6.30 or the start is at
0: 6.30? Good question. <laughs>
1: they
0: Again, have 6.30 I start think... time. So Right, that doesn't mean kickoff. It's possible. That is true. That is true.
2: If if it's after a certain time, she can cuss and get away with it. Obviously, you know, she can't get on there. I don't I don't I don't think the rules would allow her to get on there and drop an F bomb on anybody. No. But there are other no. things that she can say. Like, um
0: Yeah, the, the, the words S-word, that you for for can get example. away with on yeah. T V.
2: Yeah. Right. So so that's what I'm saying is I think she's the first one. Because it's gonna 'cause there, it's they're gonna be in California. You've got Dre, Snoop, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar. You've got this amazing halftime show. That honestly, <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out how did Mary J. Blige get <laughs> to the show, and not uh, maybe a West Coast singer. Don't get me wrong, I love Mary uh, J. Blige as an artist, but. Uh, how the mixture just seems a little you, off to me. So, but again... You can,
0: you can thank Jay-Z and his entertainment group for that.
2: Oh, my goodness. Oof.
0: Did, did, did you there forget some, that that's how there, this...
2: There was something I saw about there earlier today that I'm just kind of like, I'm so disappointed. But that's that, That's another story. That's another story. Again, all I'm saying Ooh. is, if if the halftime show is after a certain time, they can be a little looser with what they say and my prop bet is Mary J is the first one to cuss.
0: <laughs> Here's the one that caught my attention. Will Snoop Dogg smoke on stage during the halftime show? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh gosh. Yeah, that, that one definitely caught my eye there. Like it it like you said, it's Cali. Um a lot of the promotional, well, quite a few of the promotional commercials hyping up the Super Bowl have him voicing over, um, talking about it being in his hometown. So
2: not only th- th- that, th- but there was, I wish I could remember who it was that was doing the interview. But they talked about how when Snoop would be on ESPN. hmm every so often they were like where's Snoop oh he's out back taking a break <laughs> cool. and we all know what he's out back taking a break doing so no nah, not he, at all
0: it, he's probably catching you know catching his breath um <laughs> uh, thinking about the next segment um <laughs> okay yeah
2: so to me it's not even a question of whether or not he's going to smoke how much and how long would be my question ah yeah the other one prop one thing that i would want to know is is eminem gonna find a very slick way to make some reference to him being the only white guy performing (laughs) with this entire black halftime show, but the NFL can't get their act together with black head coaches. Uh,
1: Eminem
2: Eminem has said some quite prolific things throughout his career.
0: Prolific? That's a nice way of putting it. (laughs) 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 That's the word he came up with. Prolific.
2: (laughs) So does he find a way to kind of take that jab at the NFL while performing at the halftime show, because what does he have to lose? Mm-hmm. He's not employed by the N- by the NFL. The worst thing they could do is say, "Well, we won't bring you back for halftime anymore." To which Eminem will be like, no. "Okay." <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh. Gosh, that 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 is a good one. I you know I can't even tell because it it you know what, considering halftime is a scripted show and it's and it's a Super Bowl, it's a longer show than a normal game because halftime during a regular season and even a playoff game is roughly fifteen minutes. Halftime for the Super Bowl is like half an hour, forty five minutes. Yeah, forty five minutes. Yeah, like these teams pretty much have a long break between halves. Um. It, it it is quite possible, uh, that he comes off the cuff and says something that catches the censors off guard. He's more liable than than uh, Mary J. Blige, I would say that. Here's another one: Who will appear in the Super Bowl commercial first? Budweiser's Clydesdale or Fido Lay's Meg the Stallion?
2: Meg the Stallion.
0: <laughs> you, no you want to see Meg Thee Stallion first <laughs> that's what that Okay. is <laughs>
2: well, point?
0: I'm not arguing <laughs> with you at all <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> so you're putting your money on Meg Thee Stallion shows up before the Budweiser Clydesdale in the commercial
2: <laughs> honestly I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if they're in a commercial together
0: Oh goodness gracious. Uh another uh prop bet on commercials which will be shown first during any Super Bowl commercial? Uh rocket, moon, astronaut, or an alien?
2: Which which wait, which will we see first?
0: Yes, in a halftime commercial. A rocket, a moon, the moon, an astronaut, or an alien. Alien. <laughs> uh Let's see. First to speak, we already covered that. We already covered the first song for the halftime show.
2: Ooh, I've got one for you. Since we're talking about commercials, go ahead. Who has the worst commercial?
0: Ooh. The worst commercial. Um, the worst commercial. Considering they haven't done it in years and it's pretty much lost its luster. I don't see them doing it. But my first choice would be uh Budweiser if they do a if they try to re uh rehash the Bud Bowl. Cause remember we haven't Got seen you. a Bud Bowl commercial in probably about five plus years. Yeah. And they, and they pretty much just came down to, here's the score of Bud Bowl. They, they even stopped showing like actual bottles or cans going up and down the field in helmets. They stopped doing that altogether. So I feel like if, they, if someone behind the scenes decides, this is a good year to bring back Bud Bowl, that will be the worst commercial. If not, then I feel like one of the Frito-Lays Doritos commercials is going to fall flat because it did last year like every single Doritos slash Frito-Lay commercial last year was a yawn. None of them hit. And granted, there were worse commercials than that, but they were the biggest brand to have the worst commercials, especially considering what these companies pay out for ad space during the Super Bowl.
2: I mean, I the last year would have been Super Bowl 2021, but from the 2022. Season right, we were COVID. COVID was much worse.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah,
2: I could see. I could. I could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There were some. I'm just thinking in my head of, as to why those commercials were so bad, and yeah, COVID protocol and all of that kind of stuff. Things were still much more restrictive than they are now. True. Yeah. So yeah. 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 We definitely had some really bad commercials last year. Yeah. This year. <laughs>
0: Oh, what'd you find? No, no, I'm just laughing. Yeah, we did, we did have bad commercials. Yeah, just agreeing. I, with you.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm gonna put a lot of that on COVID, but
0: yeah, Bud Bowl. Oh, that would be so bad. <laughs> like, cause I, I don't think you're gonna capture the entertainment of a generation now that you know. Or at least your target audience of the youngest drinking age possible, 21, say, 20, 21 to 30, legally, um, that would be interested in a Bud Bowl commercial. But I still feel like somebody behind the scenes at, 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 at Budweiser or whatever is going to be like, this would be a great year to bring back Bud Bowl. <laughs> That's
2: that, that would definitely be something an older a uh, person working there would want to uh, bring back because uh,
0: uh yeah
2: i mean because i because, because again it, being that i work on a college campus the things that i hear some of the kids and i say kids i'm sounding like an old man at this point, you are an old but man the that, <laughs> but the things that i hear some of the co- some of the kids on on the college campus talk about these days it's never budweiser and I don't really hear much about beer per se. It's all it's it's it, it's a lot more of these sugary alcohol drinks that everybody is mixing and making now. Um where you know they've got like I don't know, we'll just say like a a big tub full of all these different candies and they're soaking them in in, in a lot of different alcohols. I don't hear them talking much about beer, so I mm-hmm. just don't see that particular demographic really caring much about beer and the the when i do hear people talking about beer it tends to be that hipster crowd that i don't feel like they care very much about football so they probably aren't watching the super bowl anyway and then they're more into craft beers and not you know your typical football kind of beer
0: Gotcha. True indeed. True indeed. Yeah, All I'm right. sound like an old man
2: talking about the kids on the college campus. I,
0: I, I mean, <laughs> you are an old man. And to us, they are kids on a college campus. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Any other prop bets you want to go over uh, before we get out of here that are not game Ooh, related? Because I don't want to talk that about. I have. Go ahead.
2: Who do. Hold on, how do I want to how do I want to work this? Of the players on the two teams playing in the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. Which team do we see with one of their players in a commercial first? Snap. Cuz I don't I don't think there are any rules against Mm-mm. The players being in any Super Bowl commercials, not that I'm aware of.
0: No, but um, off the top of my head, I know Aaron Donald has the Bridgestone Tires commercial, which he's wearing the um the the optical camouflage suit.
2: Yo, I love that commercial.
0: <laughs> so so that that's one commercial um,
2: you think that you think as many times as we've seen it that they'd spend the extra money to have it during the Super Bowl?
0: Possibly. Um, but you know what?
2: Since Aaron Donald was playing in the Super Bowl, it might be worth it.
0: Yeah, so I I'd probably say the Rams. Because on the flip side, the only marketable names are Burrow and Chase. And while I wouldn't put it past either of them to be in a Super Bowl ad, I think Donald is the biggest name in this game. Period. Like Aaron Donald is the household name. Like, yes, I know that the league wants to push quarterbacks and we have Burrow and Stafford here. But if you asked anybody to name a player, any player on either team, just a general average person in this country, name a player on either of these two teams. Aaron Donald is more than likely the first name that's going to be mentioned. That's fair. That's fair. So, okay.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with the Reps. What about Jamar Chase in a Chase commercial?
0: As in Chase Bank? (laughs) I know it's
2: cheesy. I know it's cheesy. Oh, very cheesy. Jamar Chase in a Chase Bank commercial.
0: I feel like that would have been done by now.
2: Okay, okay.
0: Like, I, I really do, considering like what he's done this season like that that's something they they would have capitalized on by the midpoint of the season at least
2: and i know that jamar chase and joe burrow played on the same lsu team did they Mm -hmm. get drafted the same year
0: no one year apart okay this is chase's uh rookie year and burrow's extended rookie year Um, technically his second year but remember halfway through last season the previous season his rookie season is where he tore his ACL right yeah so but yeah and of course the always um, prop bet how long do you think the national anthem will go
2: most of the over unders
0: most of the over unders I have seen are two minutes
2: do we know who's singing it
0: yet? The national anthem is being sung by Mickey Guyton. I don't even know who that is. To the Google, I go real quick. <laughs> um, considering the the track she'll be playing to, unless it's a live band, there, um, is typically under two minutes i'm gonna go with the under that's again that's typically right unless she has a live band on field playing with her and they go with the audio track of the music with her singing to that Mm -hmm. i i can't see it being under because if everything is live they're on the spot like i said if the band is there and she's singing over if she's singing to
2: she's a country singer uh uh-huh Uh, I did not know that. Like I said, again, I didn't even know who she was.
0: Right. But, like, yeah. So I will say audio track of the music that she sings to under. Live band playing with her over. (laughs) But also remember, they got to time her hitting that home of the brave with the flyover yeah so it's not much you can do as far as ad lib and i know for there was a long period of time in which uh the league prohibited the artists unless the artists themselves were musicians like they played an instrument they Mm -hmm. did not allow them to play to live music they had the audio recording of the music that was already played at a certain length. So that when they hit the end, when they hit home of the brave, the flyover's happening and the fireworks are going off because it's all time to happen at you know simultaneously. Right. Yeah. So whether they're still doing that or not, I don't know. But yeah, that that that's my guess on that.
2: Oh wow, uh, she's not as young as I thought she was. She was born in 83. Mm-hmm.
0: And the other uh, prop bet here that I find interesting is what would be the main or dominant color of her outfit when she sings the national anthem? And a uh, little, uh, yeah, and it said a quick Google search of Guyton did return a lot of mm-hmm. photos dressed in white. But you never know if an event of the magnitude of the Super Bowl will inspire a performer to break from the norm. So she, she's from Texas. So uh-huh. I
2: wouldn't be the least bit surprised if it's a play on. Well, no, because the Texas flag isn't the Texas flag red, white, and blue just like the American flag. Yep. I don't know, man. <laughs> I, 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 was, I was hoping something. I don't know. I just I see her doing something to play up and not necessarily to play up in a bad way, but just to represent Texas. Mm.
1: All
0: right. And my last one here, uh, first first non-NFL athlete we'll see in a commercial. Steph Curry, Shohei Atani.
2: Ooh, first. I mean not non athlete, non NFL
0: player, excuse me, that we'll see in a commercial. Um and I know it's a lot to choose from because it could be any number of any other sport athlete that we could see um in commercials who are not football related. But yeah, I'm that's another problem.
2: I'm gonna go Freddie Freeman. <laughs> your I'm bias is showing sir. Freeman.
0: Your your what, bias what, is showing.
2: <laughs> I mean he's the M V P for the Major League Championship team. How how what bias am I showing, James? Mm-hmm. How am I showing what? bias by picking the M V P for the team who won the pennant? How where is my bias?
0: Uh what team does he play for?
2: This this, this little ball club in Atlanta.
0: Oh, this little ball club in Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. Sure. You know what?
2: No, 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 no. He doesn't play for a little ball club in Atlanta. Technically, they're not in
1: Atlanta.
0: Oh, Lord have mercy. (laughs) For the people who live outside of the state of Georgia, (laughs) that little ball club you're referring to plays in Atlanta. Uh, you know,
2: yeah, okay, fair. Mm-hmm, right. right, I'm still it, going with Freddie Freeman being the first non football athlete we see. Okay, uh,
0: any final thoughts on the upcoming weekend, uh, the game itself, <laughs> uh, before we get out of here?
2: No, nah, man, just I'm looking forward to having um, a good game of football because. This 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 has been a pretty interesting season, and I think this will be a Super Bowl to be remembered because we're either going to get – between the two teams playing, either whichever quarterback wins, because we know they're going to be focused on the quarterbacks. Unfortunately. It's going to be an amazing story to tell. Either Burrow joins this elite club with the other two Joes, or – Stafford finally just went after leaving Detroit.
0: Indeed. Indeed. All right. Again, uh, you want to reach out to us, complain about us for anything we said earlier today, or contribute some thoughts and opinions. Next fan up at gmail.com is our email address. And again, Facebook and Twitter at next fan up for MJ. I'm James. We're signing off, and Roger Goodell, you could do better.
2: (laughs) Trying to do the challenge of finding the mysterious pod. Is there somebody else here now? Oh, jeez. Nice, dude. Let's go.
0: (laughs) Get out of my face. I'm running out of breath and also out of energy. I'm going to see you later. Bye.